You're listening to Two Beers Until Phrenesis, a podcast where we discuss the ideas of philosophy, ethics, religion, history, and culture. Alongside regular guests and friends, we discuss some of life's big questions over a few beers. Enjoy. Oh, it's a shame that's always a good opener, that. What is? Just like talking about like something about your normal life to make you seem like a normal person, not just a podcaster. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that is. I, I find that. Yeah. Less like we're sat in a in a room with microphones yeah. shoved in our faces. Okay. Well, so we're back. We are. I know. It's taken us a while to get to this point, but with lockdown and everything, it's not easy. Here we are. Yeah. So what we've done is we've because obviously the, the problem was recording online, the connection kept just absolutely failing and we kept losing whole chunks of podcasts. So what we've done is we've realized that we can record in our own homes separately and just play it back as we are. Yeah. So, so have that as a backup. So recording online, but then your own separate one on. Yeah. Of it, and just yeah. compiling those two together, which is just a much better way of doing it. Well, I found it really, really fun having to have discord up, listening to our conversation at the same time, recording just my audio. <laughs> Yeah, and it was playing back in one part of my um, headset. My left part was you, and the right part was me. <laughs> so I get in what I was saying. Uh, yeah, so I wanted to talk about a guy called Gian Battista Vico. Ooh, I like his name already. Yeah. Sounds spicy. He is, is he spicy. he is a bit spicy. He's from he's from Naples. <laughs> is that does that <laughs> super spicy? <laughs> the spiciest place the spiciest place um he's kind of yeah he's kind of interesting he's kind of weird um and yeah he, he believes in giants or he believed in giants because he was writing in uh quite a while ago when, uh, when is this when when's he writing this he was born in 1668 okay so that's not like a little bit in the past no this wasn't like 20 years ago this was <laughs> you yeah. like, the way you said it, it made me think, oh it was this like you know a couple of years ago no, yeah. no no 400 years ago so yeah he was um it's quite a Quite a sickly, poorly guy. He's always kind of ill. Um, a bit like you. you. You seem to be ill all the time lately. Uh, just, just a cold. Yeah. It's um, just killing me. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was like homeschooled. A little bit of tragedy in his life. Like, um, couldn't really get where he wanted to at various points in his career. Um, yeah, always ill. So um, he also wasn't very well known at the time. He described himself as a stranger and quite unknown in his own city. And to be honest, no fuck has heard of him since. I would say, though, he is worth talking about because I think he is actually not only like really interesting and fucking weird because he believed in giants, but um, I think he does actually have some like very niche influence. You ever heard of Edward Said? Yeah, of course I have. Yeah. You know, the history. Yeah. You know, the first part you talk about is Edward Said and uh, his work on the Orient and Orientalism. Yeah. It's like a must of most first year history students because it gets you that idea of perspective and scope of world. Mm, exactly. So he was a big influence on Edward Said and a few other people, like maybe Karl Marx and maybe some others, because this is as much like history as it is philosophy. And that's kind of a large part of where he's coming from, because this was that uh, kind of weird course that we did at uni. So obviously for people who don't know, uh, you did history. Yeah. Uh, I did philosophy and this was like a course that, bridged the two this was um intellectual history of nature oddly enough yeah yeah you didn't do that one did you i didn't uh so yeah he was he was writing during the time of the the uh enlightenment and obviously the enlightenment is all about uh in a nutshell it's, it's the rise of science and it's the kind of replacement of religious authority so you've got religious texts being the main source of understanding of the natural world and you're having this kind of movement culturally where people uh, like legislating and talking about ethics talking about humanism talking about all these kinds of ideas but weirdly he's not like a scientist he's not like a rationalist in fact he doesn't like descartes he's kind of stands in opposition to descartes um not that he doesn't like reason completely but he's he's more of like a christian humanist like a romantic so the very early on sort of enlightenment thinkers where they didn't want to go too much away from the church mm. because of the stigma against you know they try to do a little bit of both yeah um i think a lot of it was he was actually seeing the he was reacting against the big movement at the time he was a bit worried at where it would lead and kind of what it was saying because descartes seemed to suggest that everything was solvable by geometry and a lot of it's kind of like weird religious ideas descartes was trying to underpin 
all of human understanding with maths basically build from the ground up. That's why yeah. he was doing, I think, therefore I am. Because he was like trying to find like the the smallest possible point of understanding that was concrete and then build up yeah, from where, that. Where consciousness starts and then you go from, go from there. Yeah, to, like, to, prove, to prove existence. And Vico values reason in sort of the same way, but he doesn't think it can underpin everything. He only thinks it can help solve particular issues. Mm-hmm. So the natural world, he thinks it's fine to understand, but he thinks that uh, civic life, because uh, this is a large part of his background, he's like a jurist and a, and a, a lawyer and stuff. And uh, he's into like uh, kind of rhetoric. He's a big, uh, he's bigly influenced by Socrates. <laughs> uh, he's, I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, he's bigly influenced by Socrates. <laughs> I've just forgotten how to speak, mate. Um, <laughs> Sorry, we're talking about giants. You know, bigly yeah. works. Yeah, because giants are very bigly. Um, so yeah, he's, hugely, in fact. Yeah, he's he's hugely bigly. He's he's a fan of oral philosophy, the where it all started, and so he's not into like a lot of this like uh, new scientific uh, reasonal. Yeah, reason based. Yeah, yeah. No, you're doing it now. I'm doing it. <laughs> oh God. Um, <laughs> Yeah, he's he's more of a political philosopher. And it's from that he's trying to understand history and where people are going wrong, where modern historians of his time are going wrong, really back into the past, and trying to understand human society. Ah, where their methodology is incorrect. Yes. Basically. This is why he's a big influence in the, the methodology Edward Said. of Edward Said. Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah, I, I would say he's, he is in line with the Enlightenment. I'd say he's an Enlightenment thinker. I just think he's not what we typically think of as an Enlightenment thinker. I don't think he was anti-Enlightenment. I think he's just... Reactionary rather than revolutionary. Yeah, yeah, that. So um, well, one of the main ideas he had was verum factum. So in 1725, he wrote a book called The New Science. Ooh, mm. well, that should replace the old one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the it wasn't that even that new at the time, so... No. Um, so he tries to collect all the humanity subjects and conjoin them into one discipline um, and it's it's really weird because yeah not not many people were doing this kind of thing and uh, I don't think anyone's really done it since it's quite hard to categorize I think like the, the whole point of why we're studying it is basically the lecturers would just show us this shit and be like what's he saying like, yeah. I don't know what he's saying. No. Can you figure it out, guys? Yeah. I, uh, I'm doing my doctorate on this. <laughs> I, I think it was one of the worst marks I got. It, it was quite hard to like go back and research it. Um, you know, it's obviously, I've done my master's since, but I still, a lot of it is actually quite difficult to get your head around because it's, it's different. Yeah. So you got to try and get in that mindset of, where is this crazy ill person who believes in giants and how can I like get into his mindset? Exactly. Yeah. So he's talking about how societies rise and fall and he wants to understand that. And he wants to understand it from the point of view of the people back in the day. He doesn't want to, we use the word historicism quite a lot on the podcast, so he doesn't want to project his own thinking back into the past, mm. um, which is kind of what he thought was the main problem that people were doing. Yeah, they, so, they're putting their own their own opinions and looking at the past and coming to the conclusion they'd already wanted to come to, rather than thinking yeah. of it from the people's perspective at the time. Yeah. Which is quite a topical thing really that's everything yeah. yeah it's everything now yeah um fake news coming to the completely different conclusion with the exact same evidence yeah so he calls this uh well he has t- two categories of this the conceit of nations um by the way uh joe if you're listening from the podcast i'm using your essay to basically do this because uh, my own essay was shit so I'm, I'm, if you hear any like phrases that sound familiar that's because I've just fucking copied and pasted parts of your essay. God, plagiarism at work. Yeah, that's all right. We're not a uni anymore, so you're allowed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so the human mind is naturally ignorant and arrogant, according to Vico. Yeah, um, so that. So fabricates facts, because I think largely the backdrop of this is that he's, uh, so epistemologically, in terms of knowledge, he's what you'd call a constructivist. He doesn't think knowledge is objective, and uh, there's a famous quote associated with him, which is, what is true is, is precisely what is made. From that, he's not really any kind of scientist that we would recognise today. So yeah, the, the mind perceives itself. So there's, there are no absolute truths for him, only whatever people believe is the truth. Basically, yeah. Again, it's because it's, this isn't the type of thing we're used to dealing with when we're talking about the Enlightenment. It's quite difficult to get a grasp exactly what he's saying, because he writes very vaguely as well. Um, he is big on God. And that might be part of it. Um, so, 
the mind perceives itself but doesn't create itself and he thinks that you can only have knowledge of something that you create which is, which is weird so that's why i think he thinks that certain things are unknowable like the natural world um right but the civic world the, the world of society he thinks is knowable because it's down, part of us yes yeah but he doesn't think that reason is the way to know that he thinks that it's down to this new version of history or the new science yeah the new science yeah. basically so god is fundamentally unknowable but the human cycles of behavior that we create are eternal so we can we have a chance to get to know them very well by looking back at ancient history which is kind of what he does um and a lot of this is actually quite common sense he's big into like uh, simple conclusions yeah not getting too big answer a uh, big question sorry yeah he, he's he's quite grounded um which is i suppose that part is refreshing uh all the previous historians before him this is part of the, that uh, conceit of nations thing uh they were shit because they didn't realize that there was a massive bias coming from every single society again it's, it's not like big complicated stuff but it's obvious isn't it well yeah it's, what is it um history is written by the victors yeah that kind of stuff um, and that they project their attitudes backwards. So Christians project their attitudes back onto pagans. Yeah. And the history, this whole idea of like cyclical history, that it comes in cycles and human behavior repeats itself. Well, we know that to be true just from the fact that it's 2020 and 100 years ago, we had another pandemic that went out of control. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and every society, he's talking very broadly at this point, he's talking about like uh, the Greeks, the Romans, the Egyptians, uh, even I suppose the Chinese, he, he thinks that they develop this idea that they are the first truly civilized people and that they're the first to have the, the comforts of, of civility. Yeah. yeah. And that everyone before them were barbarians, which I think is a, a very good observation actually, but he thinks they're all wrong because that's just their hubris talking. Yeah. And that's a fact. That's their lens, which they see previous world from. And the whole idea of national prejudices distort the truth. And Ancient text has never been understood on their own level. So this is the thing. When, when we look back at like Greek society from the Renaissance or something, the Renaissance think they're the first civilized people, but actually the Greeks were. Yeah. The Greeks think they're the most civilized people, but actually the, the Babylonians or something were. Yeah. So not only is uh, human behavior cyclical, but their history telling is as well, because they're constantly going back, oh, well, we're the first to do this, we're the first to do this. So they're learning from... So even if you look back at the ancient texts, you're actually looking at people that were biased also. So you're always looking at bias. So the, yeah. the only way to cut through that is to study the very, very first people. But how would you get there? It, well. Unless you go all the way back to like, what, Sumerian texts and Gilgamesh. Yeah. That lot. A lot of it is, I don't know where he's come up with this. Because those, those are the first ones, the first yeah. written texts we got. I, I mean, I don't know what, exactly what he had available at his disposal when he was doing this. But it just seems like fucking guesswork because all the all the common sense just stops. And he's like, yeah, so these hundred foot tall people, um, and it just it just yeah. So that that's that. This is where the giants come into it. Okay. Um, there's another one called the conceit of scholars, which is the the, the same kind of thing. Um, anachronisms that are moral or intellectual from individuals rather than the whole of society. Yeah, basically what we were saying, bias yeah. and just another form of it, um, or a, an interlinked form of it. So he suggests if you look at mythology rather than traditional sources. Because that's always good. You good find, start for any, any thesis. Yeah. Look at the mythology rather than the facts that you yeah. have available. Yeah. But he thinks well, he thinks the facts are flawed. So he's like, well, the mythology must have some kind of truth to it. I guess if that, if you're going down that reason, that makes sense, doesn't it, though? I mean, because I thought, oh, this, he's being like figurative, like, like Homer or whatever, because... Homer talks about giants as well. Yeah, Homer talks a lot about giants, so... Maybe he just wants to understand Homer on his own level. But he's like, no, it, 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 he literally thought that the very first people were, were massive blokes. Right. It gets, it gets weirder. So, um, okay, tell me more when you've read your notes. I will. <laughs> <laughs> because he's recognizing these conceits, he thinks that we're not equipped in the modern day to really look at primitive cultures, as he calls them. So... Like I said, he wants to go right back to the first fundamental people and he thinks these are the first men. And he, he comes up with uh, three ages, the true understanding of history. 
uh, yields recognition of three ages. The one is the age of gods. And this is where the giants come in. Okay. Uh, very fair. It just, just goes for it. Just starts talking about Straight it. Straight in. Yeah. Uh, we must, this is a direct quote. We must begin our discussion at the point when these creatures began to think humanly. Yet, as I sought to discover the manner in which the first human thought arose in the pagan world, I met with arduous difficulties, which have cost me a, a full 20 years of research to overcome. <laughs> For I had to descend from today's civilized human nature to the savage and monstrous nature of these early people, which we can by no means imagine and can conceive only with great effort. Hasn't he already done himself in by the fact that he's calling them savages and pagans? Yeah, own, where he doesn't want to judge people by his modern standards, yet it's judging them as pagans. Well, he thinks it must have started from simple beginnings. And yeah, it, weirdly it is. It is just like a Christian projection, but I don't think yeah. he, even he realises. Well, no, yeah. I didn't think he would realise if his end goal is to get rid of prejudice. He goes straight in there yeah. with prejudice. So he says, ancient men... So he's talking about these sort of paganistic... Again, pagan in this context doesn't really mean like ritual sacrifices, anything yeah. other than Christianity, basically. Yeah, it's not like people at Glastonbury. It's it's like anyone outside of the Christian world or yeah. before it or whatever. So he says they were, this is a direct quote, stupid, <laughs> in, insensate, and horrid beasts. That is, giants in the proper sense. And I remember this came up in the lecture and I was like, the way, well, like, actual giants yeah in the proper sense it's literal so giants giants all right um so he basically thinks their metaphysics their way of explaining the world sprang from senses and imagination because they couldn't use reason they use poetry to express everything and i think he's kind of getting a lot of this from like homer and stuff well the fact they don't actually write a story like we mm. know it today where it is just epic poems yeah yeah um, he's, he, there's a lot of uh, the Christianity leaking in because he thinks like wonder is the work of God and these people because they were so stupid they were in wonder of everything yeah and so everything was divine to them so everything was a religion and everything was very kind of primal and raw in the way that they expressed themselves and thought about the world around them yeah he, he just he bashes them constantly I, I guess it's not really bashing but it's like he, he basically thinks they're like so strong and they're violent and they just shout and grunt and they they think the heavens is a living body which i i guess you know um i suppose we kind of found that with like neolithic what what we know about some of the earliest religions and things i, I guess he's not wrong in the sense that well a lot a lot of this i guess is accurate um and uh, you know weird things like oh jupiter was trying to speak to them and uh through the the whistling of his bolts and the crashing of thunder and and they interpreted that as this and that i, I guess it's um it's similar to like that weird kind of proto science you get with um kind of early tribal understandings of how the universe works so you, yeah. they hear a bash and they they project their own imagination onto it yeah they they project like um human thought yeah onto it um the mountain erupts they think something's angry yeah, so it's that kind of thing, basically. And everything is allegory for these people. Everything is like a, a metaphor, you know, even like speech, myth, nature, communication. It's all personified and blended into one. And that's that's his age of gods. And this is where he thinks the giants come from. Right. Yeah, it's um, it's really bizarre. But I, I actually think it, it relates directly to uh, a few... Does he talk about where they came from? No, he just... He just, just says giants with a start. Basically, yeah. Um, he talks about where they go. He talks about... Um, and he was published. If I tried to write any of this in an essay, I'd fail. <laughs> they, would just, they would laugh at me and go, Bay, do you have any references? Oh, no. No, it's just, That's just the, giants. Yeah. Just hear me out, guys. Just hear me out. Giants. That's what I mean. Like, this, this is one of the things we brought up when we were learning it. It's like, well, does he, does he say why? It doesn't. He doesn't at all. He just assumes, yeah, the first people, they were massive and they were really violent and they were this and that. And it's like, well, yeah, but... Why? And and I think, um, as, as we'll talk about with like other giant myths and things, it was just a very common prevailing theory throughout, yeah. throughout lots of different cultures that giants existed. Um, yeah, before we get, just get onto that, I was just going to say, um, the next age is the age of heroes. Oh, okay. And now we're getting into like age of mythology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> age of empires. So the natural law of nations... 
arises uh, among various peoples. Um, it's all these scattered giants. They all come up with the same natural laws, which are an extension of their sort of base uh, personalities. But they basically work out that more or less the, uh, this is basically his explanation for like laws and then why things are, why civility even exists um, from like a psychological perspective. But he basically thinks that big giants protected smaller giants. And from that, moral virtue begins but it has to be like a really conscious effort they had to like really start thinking for the first time and speaking to in order to protect their little giant yeah and it was like a weird feudalism with these giants it's, it's so like it's like fucking lord of the rings for no reason yeah just just really strange so yeah the, the giants reverse their customs they stop walking around in the, the great forest as he calls it and they settle down with a lifelong mate in a cave mm-hmm. um and they're no longer chained under the mountains by their frightful religion of thunderbolts. Very, very evocative stuff. Yeah. Um, Paints a pretty picture. Yeah. So yeah, property begins, commonwealths form. Yeah, like yeah, fiefdoms. And it's more than just like a bully or, or someone who protects things. It's, it actually becomes mythologically a hero. Right. And um, kind of less grotesque and savage over the ages. So they get smaller and they become just people. Yeah basically they rein in their violent passions and lose some of their imagination in the progress and their wonder and so they kind of strangely lose a little bit of uh, hubris and, and gain it in other places and then there's the age of men which i think influenced karl marx the most this is a, about more of a leap of, of faith and, and less reason to get rid of all your bad sort of uh, stuff you have to consciously like Place create yeah. create a society and this is uh, i was just thinking about shit like aa when he i don't know why <laughs> he says with a cider in his hand uh, no but like uh, you know when we we talked about aa in the past like um you have to give yourself into a higher power that's like the highest step comes up every time we do a podcast we yeah talk about AA. because most <laughs> of the time when we do high when we do podcasts even if they're not related to it we always end up talking about higher power and why do people give themselves to religion and it's because you get rid of stress. It takes all of the control out of your hands and puts them into something else, you know? So you go from, suddenly you're the one worrying about, oh, I should, I need to stay alive for these reasons. I need to keep myself healthy. And you're like, oh, do you know what? The gods deal with that. If I go out in the night and dark, it's in the gods' hands if I come back or not. And you sort yeah. of, you're less afraid of it. And uh, It's the idea of needing it, yeah. like that we need it to function. As opposed to, oh, we can just do it on our own steam. Because he basically thinks, if you do it on your own steam, then you're no better than a giant. God comes in and helps you, takes away, because your free will can't be trusted on its own. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, so that's uh, that's Vico. Controlled free will. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, that is what predestination is, isn't it? Well, yeah. So yeah, that's, that's Vico. Well, he sounds fucking crazy. Yeah. And, right. you know, it's the sort of thing I'd love to read. I think it would make a really good movie. I think it would make I, a really good um, doorstop. <laughs> a doorstop. Yeah, it, it it sounds more like fantasy than than anything else. Than a scientific book called New yeah. Science. It's weird that it that it came out in the Enlightenment. And it's, it's, it's even weirder that my lecturers chose that as like the centerpiece for that module. Well, it makes sense because usually they'll, they'll pick... Descartes. Descartes, mm. hugely influential and important people mm. where you can sit there for hours going over it, trying to find all the meanings in their works. And I think it's important they give you this because they can just show you how much of a spectrum the Enlightenment yeah. and the end of the Renaissance was. Because you can go from that, from giants without any rational thinking really, just his belief in giants at the start, to, you know, yeah, Karl Marx and the end of it. Yeah, I've got mixed feelings on it because I do think it's important to read unknowns. And in a sense, he's not actually an unknown because he did actually end up influencing a lot of people. At the same time, I just think, I spent fucking hours and hours reading this bollocks. Yeah. Barely any of it went in anyway. And it was (laughs) constantly glancing at my notes right now. But yeah, I, I just, I kind of feel like there are more important conversations to be having in a, 
in in both history and philosophy. Um, you'd think that, but here we are doing a podcast on it. Yeah, well, this is fun. Yeah, because he's, he's a sort of podcast topic, not the sort of, you know, here's four months of your life dedicated to yeah. this one essay that you need to write on this guy who believes in giants. Yeah, but I think ultimately there are ways to to read him. And I, yeah, like I said, I think you get a slice of history. You get that whole, um, what were intellectuals thinking about the Enlightenment as it happened that, yeah. that weren't like prominent moving figures of that Enlightenment. You know, what, what did what did sort of uh, weird edgy Christians at the time think? And this is, this, this will tell you what they think. Giants. Giants. Yeah. Well, you get that a lot, though. Oh, I should say, uh, the giants are made out of shit. Well, that makes sense. A lot of giants are made out of clay and earth, aren't they? That's Yeah, like golems, yeah. Yeah, like golems or uh, Tolkien had dwarfs created from clay. Mm. Humans, in the sense of like mythology, are most often either made from clay by the god or they're brought into existence just by him, okay? Mm. And anything else is created of the earth. And I think it's purposefully to give the idea that mankind is not of the earth, but is of a heavenly power. Well, uh, Adam's made out of dust. Yeah. but that, I don't know if that's like cosmic dust or like... Yeah, because he, he creates him out of thin air dust because there's nothing there is there really yeah dust is like the closest thing to nothing yeah it's like a, the closest thing to creatio ex nilo you can get he's created out of the cosmos like mm. against everything else in terms of yeah whereas other things are created from the earth and you know like green mythology you've got Gaia who is the earth mm. and everything is from her basically including humans obviously humans are made from clay in, in um, green mythology which is why they're not heavenly beings, because the gods are the heavenly beings. Yeah. Whereas in Christianity, Islam, and Judaism, they're created from God Himself. Yeah. As a cosmic spiritual being, and giants are obviously just like shit made of clay, because <laughs> they're just brute and no consciousness truly to them. But the giants evolve into us. I don't understand. I, I, yeah. Well, that's why he, he's he's very. Does he even believe in evolution? No. Maybe yeah, you know, it's so weird. Maybe I should have read this a lot more, but like, honestly, I've devoted so much of my life to this strange philosopher and it was a write-off from the beginning. Um, <laughs> so there you go. That's Vico. If you want to learn more about him, go and read him. We're going to talk more about... Giants in general? Giants in general. Giant myths. Yeah. One thing I found about giants generally... Uh, through all the like the, the folklore and stuff they're always antagonists pretty much I can only think yeah. of literally a few stories against the grain and it's weird how they crop up in all different cultures that aren't connected but they're always villains mm. and it like it ranges from just like the, the complete lack of imagination like oh big big man to like a cyclops or or maybe even like a stone giant or a frost giant or something that's part of like a uh, ontological like like a tear like oh it's yeah. oh it's like a, a a lesser being that exists in another universe like a Jotun from uh, uh, like Scandinavian folklore yeah um, but yeah they're always they're always bad guys even like Roald Dahl's uh, BFG he's th the only good one yeah yeah There's, they're always cunts they're yeah. just horrible and I, I think it is just that the BFG it makes sense because obviously he's going from previous sources and imagination and fairy tales where they are the bad guys so he's gone against it to make a new book and he's decided to have a good giant but yeah like all the research I've done either the giants are only helpful because they've been tricked or enslaved into being useful i.e. building stuff or they are like you said just cunts and they're just going around fighting people yeah now this is why I'm, I wanted to like bring up Vico at the start because I think he was sort of onto something in his understanding of giants and relating that back to mythology that they're not unnecessarily cruel. They're only, they're not like a demon. They're not, they don't torture people like, no. or they're not, they're not necessarily unnatural either. They're like an, almost like a natural force and they're not, they're nasty, but I actually think that's more of a product of the times like they were written in. Cause a lot of like society was quite savage at the time anyway. So I, I think they're just like, they're no more savage than like an animal. You, no. you had to think about it. Fuck, animals are quite fucking savage uh, in the wild. And well, they, they talk and they think still. Yeah. So to be honest, I think they're just like a reflection of humans. 
They're just like yeah. big humans big with versions, slightly less yeah. intelligence. And of course, the the natural consequence of that is that they're going to be quite violent. Yeah. It's a mirror. You usually see them, giants, and like the folklore of people killing giants as a reason for why the people are in that land to begin with. As a, as a, It's usually as a, as a a start point for someone, for a country's folklore, is a fight with giants. Yeah. Like humans arrived at a place and found giants there and they fought them. So you get stuff, I think I've got the notes here, you know, Geoffrey uh, of Monmouth. Mm, yeah. That annoying 12th century book, The History of the Kings of Britain, which half of it is just absolute bollocks. W, yeah. <laughs> but it, you know, it talks about how Brutus from Troy founded Britain. Yeah. And how he fought giants. That was that's how people in Britain got to Britain. They they fought giants and they were from Troy. So we're all from Turkey, apparently. There oh, there you Some go. of us are. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just he talks about weird stuff and tries to go, okay, how did this happen? I don't have a good explanation. Giants. He has yeah. those two things. He goes, Do you know what? They're together. So I've got some of his stuff. Uh he talks about how the original stones for Stonehenge mm. were from Africa. Oh, okay. Right? And that giants brought Dragged them from them. Africa, not to Stonehenge, but to Ireland. Okay. And then from Ireland, they were brought over, back over to the British Isles. There is a lot of crossover with the myths of, um, or all the Celtic yeah. stuff, I guess, and, and uh, by extension, I guess, Germanic and Norse stuff that kind of come up. Yeah, it's, it's all a big mixing part of weird folklore and no one really knows where it begins and ends. Exactly. So oh, why Africa? Maybe it's probably just because that was the furthest place you could think of at the time. Exactly. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. That's that's my thinking as well. The, mo- the most the fantastical away. thing in the medieval imagination. He and, just goes, yeah. That. And it would make sense given the fact that they're talking about the Mediterranean already in this place, talking about where Britain's you know originated from, Turkey and everything. So he's already got that Mediterranean mindset for where things should be coming from. Mm. You know, it makes sense. So he was just a bit like weird. Uh, and then I've got another guy. And it's the 8th and 9th century book called The Ruin. This is the famous one where basically he talks about how giants built all the the baths at Bath. So the, the Anglo-Saxon... Anglo-Saxon chronicle, basically. Yeah. Of, of the explanation of the Romans. Yeah, because yeah. they didn't know what they were. And yeah. uh, it's famous. It's in like you know, Vikings, I think, talk about it. And the, the TV show mentions it. It doesn't even like go into detail about it again. It's a poem. And he just goes... Never does. Yeah. These wall stones are uh, wondrous. Calamities crumpled them. These city sites crashed. The works of giants corrupted. Right. That's it. That's the, He mentions giants. He just says giants once in the whole poem. Quite a long poem. This is running, running theme of just like, yeah, giants. And then no, nothing about no, it. Just Probably just because it was so... Easy. Accepted. Yeah. And, and well, here's, here's the thing. I also... We've talked in the past about sort of functional truth and that it doesn't really matter if Noah's Ark was real or not because that's not what's important in the minds of somebody who believes in Noah's Ark. Yeah. Someone who believes in Noah's Ark as a literal truth probably is, that. they're not going to be convinced by reason by you saying, no. well, if could the boat be big enough? That's not why they believe in it. The reason that why they believe in it, they believe in it because it's, it has a consequence for how they live now. Mm. If they stop believing that, they've then got a question a lot of other information. Yeah, and they've built a lifestyle around it. So it's more about a way of life than uh, some some kind of logical belief. Because yeah. if, if you try and use logic, you'll realise straight away that logic really isn't a factor in this particular belief. They're entrenched in it because it's... Oh, Easy. Oh, yeah, it, it, it makes their life easier, their, their actual day-to-day life. That's That's what the belief is more about than the way we tend to think about beliefs maybe as like... Oh, have you got enough evidence for that? Is that, yeah. So I, I think that kind of from that vein of thought, a lot of people thought like that in the past. So that's why they're very quick to just go. Yeah, because I think it's metaphor, yeah. um, basically. That is an easy way of saying it. Yeah. Often I think giants are characterized as a relic of an older age. Yeah, of, of people before. Yeah. That when they, when they turned up to these, I like to think there's no evidence for anything I'm going to say. Mm. I'm just going to say shit now. And we'll oh, hope, you're being like Vico. Yeah, we're going to see what sticks. I think when they mean giants, and I'm on about like the original people of land, not just like giants built this. I think it's Neanderthals. 
Yeah, I, I, think, I, think I think pretty the, much if you take the word giant out and replace it with well, Neanderthals or, or any other kind, like it makes sense. The first Homo sapiens. Yeah, they're you know they don't as we know from science and evidence they were not as smart. Um, they weren't as advanced. They didn't have they had language, but not as we would or even back then considered language. They have like grunts and sounds, so they would seem even to people back then as savage even though we would consider ourselves back then savage. Again, uh, I think Vico didn't predict his own mistake. He's projecting a savagery backwards in time, yeah. which is one of those cyclical things. Everyone projects a savagery back in time. And uh, you know, I, think he's, I think he's right in the sense that they were quite savage, but they were also astonishingly brilliant. And maybe that's what the metaphor yeah. of g- giants is, is meant to represent because they, the things they built, given virtually no tools, you know, the, the, some of the Stone Age things you can see still around are brilliant you know jainism uh, there's like yeah the history of jane yeah <laughs> you don't know jainism no no clue. Um, go on it's a part of the family of hinduism so you, hinduism is the oldest then you've got uh, buddhism and jainism they all believe in reincarnation those kind right, of things okay. jain cosmology has giants uh, uh, existing in a previous age and you have native american tribes some of their legends revolve around tribes of giants uh, and also, and again, these these are always before. Yeah. Like they never, like they never exist uh, in the in same the, time. In the current, yeah. Which yeah. Again, why I think they're like Neanderthals. Yeah, or or just early humans. Yeah, early humans. What they what they perceive themselves to have come from and where they are now. Yeah, and in a way of asserting that they are now better or something. Uh, yeah. The Aztecs had a similar thing called Quinametzin. <laughs> Quinametzin, which apparently created cities in a kind of a previous solar era, which is weird because different continents, you know, completely different continents. Uh, there's, there's Japanese and Chinese giants and things. And again, so what are we counting as a giant? Cause there's, are we counting ogres? Are we counting trolls? Are we counting cyclops? I count all of those as giants. Yeah. They're certainly, certainly types of giants. Yeah. Types of giants. The, the types of giants we've been discussing so far, they've been like humans. I'm, that's why I was thinking, I was thinking yeah. of like humanoid giants but I mean, a cyclops is the basic humanoid giants but just with one eye mm. the cyclops is a particularly interesting one there's actually some paleontology paleontological 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 that's not it is it no but that sounds good doesn't it no it doesn't really there's some paleontology that suggests <laughs> that's a way paleonific oh that's a good word that sounds good yeah so there's there's fossil evidence. I'm gonna there, say that. Yeah, he's yeah. done it, boys. He's done it. He's in a typical dyslexic thing. I just can't say the word. So, um, whatever word is closest, I'll rearrange a whole sentence to fit it now. So, I think there's two reasons why people believe in cyclops, and I think they both feed into each other. Okay, let me see about this. There's another big word I'm gonna pronounce: proboscidians. 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 Yeah, big giant elephants, basically. Oh. From a previous age. Oh, from Lord of the Rings. Uh, Mama Kills. Yeah. Oliphants. Yeah, Oliphants. Mr. Frodo is fucking Oliphant. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look how tall it is. Fuck. <laughs> Reform the line. Christ, look at the whiskers on that. They didn't live in the Mediterranean along with humans. They, they had died out a long time before. Okay. Um, so we're talking like mammoths. I was about to say, it's basically just woolly mammoths. Yeah, um, there's lots of other things with like tusks on their top lip and their bottom lip. The, the one that they think is the, like, the big contender for this theory is the um, dinotherium. We've got actual fossil evidence of this. So it's an elephant, yeah. It, it's basically, a big elephant. Yeah, it's, it's a big elephant. So we're talking potentially, well, I mean, d- it definitely exists, but I don't know whether this is what they would have found. Um, twice the size of an African elephant. So oh, That's big. Yeah, fucking huge. Or it could have been these tiny little things that are the size of like swans, they used to walk about around the Mediterranean and we found sort of evidence of them on places like Cyprus and um, Sicily. So one of the things is if if you look at their skulls, especially if they're broken, they do look a lot like human skulls just with a giant eye socket in the middle because that's the nasal cavity. What, these big elephants? Yeah, because you'd think it's just like a massive human skull. You know that uh, like a, an elephant fetus looks ex- quite like a human fetus in the womb? Yeah. Yeah, so the, the skull can look similar if it's broken in a certain way. 
And it depends how many they found. But this this is just one theory. Yeah, it it would it would seem that I think I think if someone from that time saw that they would because because of the um the big hole in the middle they would think that's a giant eye socket. So that's one reason why they might have thought that Cyclops existed. The other thing is like mostly these would have been around places like Turkey and Spain, so they would have been in foreign places predominantly anyway. These fossils, yeah. and I think largely the Cyclops is a, a metaphor or at least um kind of uh, embodies the idea of ancient Greeks kind of fearing the unknown and whatever. And so they would have seen these things going, oh, what the fuck's that? Because uh, even an elephant, even if even if they knew what that was, it's a far off place, big creatures or whatever. Um, and I, I think there's a, there's this running theme throughout Greek poetry and stories of like the thing from far away is bad. Yeah. So I think, yeah, the, the, the fossil stuff and, and this, the kind of like the, the function of the myth, like they feed into each other. Um. But yeah, no, I, I think that's probably why people thought that because you, you, where most of the uh, Cyclops myths are, there are also these fossils. Yeah, especially if you said in Spain, because obviously the Greeks and the Phoenicians colonized very early on the Mediterranean. Mm. Yeah, there's um, there's Cyclops stories in France. There's Cyclops stories in uh, Arabian mythology. There's yeah, Cyclops is actually quite a quite a common thing. Huh. Yeah, the the Greek giants kind of confuse me though. Like the, the general Greeks, because like, they yeah. they're often even the Greek historians mix them up with titans constantly. And I yeah, I I don't I'm not really sure the difference. That's why I, I didn't even bother doing research into it because I was I was no because honestly I was doing I was looking into it and I was reading this and they had the same name and then I was reading a different one and it was calling them a titan and I was mm. like no they interchange it yeah no they're, they're, they're giants because these are the titans so they're the offspring of Gaia yeah that's giants. why that's why I was talking about earlier. And they're they created of the earth. Mm. Going back to the savagery thing, they're um, born of the, uh, the sort of the violence of the gods as well. I think they're like linked to volcanoes and earthquakes, but I'm yeah. pretty sure Titans are as well. So yeah, who fucking knows? Again, interchangeable. I, I See, I wouldn't count ogres just because they're a, a thing of fiction. Yeah. Like uh, the most famous example of an ogre is like Puss in Boots. Which is the fucking thing from Shrek, isn't it? Oh yeah, Antonio Banderas. And ogres, ogres aren't ogres are more like orcs, aren't they? Like, yeah, I think, like, and they have layers as well. That's, that's they another do. Thing I know. Yeah, <laughs> get out of my swamp. <laughs> uh, yeah, they're they're things purely of fiction. Whereas giants are in so many and cyclopses, etc., are in so much mythology that there has to be some basis for it. Mm. There has to be, you, you can't just have it be everywhere and it just be completely made up and they will come to the same conclusion. There's got to be something there, which is again why I think it's Neanderthals. I was trying to think of another example of like an idea or a belief that's everywhere. And I came to the idea of it's pyramids. Yeah. Ghosts. Pyramids and ghosts. Pyramids are everywhere. And pyramids are everywhere because it's an easy thing to build. To come to that conclusion quite quickly, you can build quite tall pyramids because you don't need to go like up yeah. in the square. So, yeah, this is why people go aliens because it's like South America and yeah. Africa. It's like no uh, pyramids, easy to build, guys. It's yeah, it's like, triangle. It's a triangle with yeah. It's, it's, and I, I do also think it's the same with giants. Like it's it's a big man. It's a big man. It, it's not. Yeah. But I do think it, it's similar. How that like there, there must be something psychological that that pervades all the stories because they're yeah. always an antagonist. Thinking about um, Norse mythology, are you familiar with like the a little bit Jotuns? Yeah. Um, if anyone's watched from Jotunheim yeah if anyone's watched Thor oh yeah Thor the Dark World is the Dark House this is the first Thor with all the Dutch angles that's the one yeah with the, the first yeah. one is where they go to Jotunheim at the start and because he goes and attacks them and that's the reason he gets exiled mm. in the first place because Loki was like you shouldn't do that so Loki's a frost giant half, yeah half frost giant or is he frost giant. or is he just a small one I can't no, remember I don't know I wonder which part of him is the frost giant bit that we never see <laughs> Yeah, he, he. You think he was shortchanged, and then uh, <laughs> fuck's sake! Why are we talking about Loki's Willy? Right. I was about to say Loki's also known as the Snake. <laughs> uh, those things in Game of Thrones—they're basically frost giants, aren't they? Yeah. What are they called? White Walkers. White Walkers, yeah. Which are, funny enough, the first men turned into them. Again, another narrative yeah. of. The evil people are the originals. The thing is with with uh, Jotuns, they're not actually bigger than people, or at least it's kind of ambiguous to as to whether they are or not. Because 
They could be big. They could be just the same size. They could be really ugly. They could be. I guess really, there's no unit of measure about then. Really beautiful. Well, yeah, ten feet tall. What's a feet? Yeah. What's yeah. a foot? <laughs> What's a feet? Fucking hell! <laughs> Tell the old Rosie's getting to me now. Yeah. So yeah, frost giants may not be giants in the sense that we're Aware. discussing. Yeah. They don't actually use a word that would translate to giants. It's when we've projected onto it. Yeah. I think the fire giants are just about the same. So, you know, in Ragnarok, when there's that, that thing called that Surta thing that's going to... Yeah. So, so, I will destroy all of... Yeah, and, he, and he's uh, dangling on the chain. Is. Yeah, uh, yeah, Asgard. Asgard, Asgard, yeah. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, one, one second, I'll come and, around and to he, you. And he does, he becomes as big as a mountain. And he, that, so that's actually... Um, that's that's a fire giant. So that's that's like um, they're also mountain giants, but that's more of a giant. But I think there's also kind of a golem as well because they're, often they're like associated with nature, or they're like this is another prevailing theme of giants. They're never unnatural. They're not like an orc or an ogre. They're they're always either just as natural as humans, or they are humans, or they're more sy- natural. synonymous with nature. Yeah, like a troll in uh, Norse mythology. Well, I've actually got written down here yeah. um, as one of my own notes is that it seems that giants became less of a physical and more of a spiritual being synonymous with rivers or mountains rather than being just people that were large. Just thought I'd put that there. Yeah, no, I, I, think they, I think they did. I think that's since changed with like modern video games. Yeah. Um, do you have giants in... Uh, do you play The Witcher game? Yeah. Yeah, do you have giants in that? No, you've got trolls and stuff. Yeah. Giants are in Skyrim, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, they're just like big old with, fish. With the, with the big, huge mammoths. Yeah. Funny enough. Ooh. Ooh. It's all coming together. We're, we're onto this, guys. Exposed. Unlocked. We've got you, Bethesda. They're just, they're just all like oafish and... Uh, Outlandishly silly. Yeah. They're just easy to trick. Yeah. Uh, I think that goes back to Homer's depiction of the Cyclops, where they're just like... See, they never beat a Cyclops with brute force, but they're not even that big. Any, any sort of big creature... It, it, I suppose this goes back to the Abrahamic myths as well. David and Goliath. Yeah. yeah. He just he just like fucking cunts it in the eye. I was literally about to say, I can't believe we've done the whole of this podcast and we've not brought up David and Goliath. I, I was really proud of ourselves. Here we go. Christianity's back, guys. No one expected it. No one expects the Spanish Inquisition. No, I, I think that I really like the David and Goliath story because obviously it's, it's taken on this. It encapsulates the, the underdog. Yeah, taking down the the big thing. I also think it's it's kind of bred a natural appreciation of underdogs as well. Like you think of like soup. Uh, yeah, I just gonna, yeah. No, I was, I was just going <laughs> to. I was going to say supermarkets, but I won't go there. <laughs> Fine, I will. Right, go on. I'm just going to do it anyway. Go um, go if you're going to do it, you might as well. I've, had, I've had too much slide it. Right, a lot of people just bash big corporate things big like chains, big organizations, just because they're big. doesn't yeah. matter what they're doing. So you could have like a really grotty sort of greasy spoon that's not ethically sourcing anything. It's not doing, you know, none of all that stuff. But McDonald's is the easy target because it's the big one. Now, I don't I don't necessarily like McDonald's that much. Not my cup of tea. But basically, I, I think that a lot of big companies are actually... Pretty good. Pretty good. And I think... There's a it, reason they're that big. Yeah. Um, and you know, especially pub chains, that's probably a, a better way to go. They get a lot of flack, but they provide job security. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're better than the shitty little pub that may not pay you after you've done all the hours. Yeah. Because they're I, paying I, you cash in hand. Having worked for both, and I know which one I prefer to sit in. Oh no, I, I, I like sitting in both actually. You know, they're both, and, they, and there is room for both. And it's the same with like, I, I hear people criticizing like the Marvel films or like Hollywood trends. And people use this like David and Goliath thing. And it's like, look, there is, there's room for both. You can watch both films. You can watch David Lynch and you can watch Marvel. You can, you can have both. You don't need to like, just say, oh, just hate it it because it's big. Yeah. It's really big and successful. It's like people like, like self-made millionaires. We were talking about that the other day. And it's like, just because someone is, is doing well, doesn't mean you necessarily have to bash them for it. Bash them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So yeah, David and Goliath. Well, that's funny enough. Like David and Goliath, the Bible in of itself is a lot of metaphor and it's a lot of storytelling mm. with like a central theme that you can get from it. And, you know, it makes sense that there's a, a tiny man fighting a giant, right? You know, it is the underdog story is mm. don't underestimate your opponent sort of thing. There are several tribes of um, 
All right, just interrupt me. It's fine. I was just going to say, there, there are several tribes of, of giants. Yeah. And yeah, Goliath is an example of, of one of them. Yeah, it's just, they got like a, a theme of just trying to like teach their own history as well as projecting their religion. Mm. Whereas a lot of other ones is... Yeah, I don't think it's literal. No. Yeah. And I, I think out of all of them, the Bible's at least a bit more consistent when it comes to it. Yeah. And it at least goes into a bit more detail rather than, you know... 8th century text that just mentions giants as a single word without barely anything to it or you know Jeffrey of Monmouth where he barely talks about giants it's like at least in the bible they go into a bit more detail do you know any of the Welsh giants um no but I tried to focus on English mythology which was the hardest fucking thing in the world Mm. because like I said to you on our walk earlier there is a call English mythology because English doesn't exist and is an amalgamation of Celtic, German, French, Anglo-Saxon, so like, you know, South Denmark sort of thing, Norse. It's everything thrown together. And it's really hard to find a consistent... Maples, that's it. yeah, Yeah, fairy tale. Whereas like the Welsh, the Scottish, the Irish, and the Cornish... The Celtic, yeah. The Celtic ones... They've kept their identity, so well they've they've tried to keep it. And they've they've got kept it aesthetically, and, yeah. and and like I think they yeah they they sort of have enough to at least get a uh, to, to a char- characterize of, the essence yeah. of what 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 it the identity of those places are. But I think it I think England is very varied as well. Like a lot of Americans say to um, British people, like oh it's 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 amazing you can just walk like ten uh, feet. You know you could be in um, be in Bath and people are talking very. Uh, well spoken, and you just go travel a little bit to uh, Forest of Dean, and you got people going, "Hey, it's Grant." <laughs> yeah, I just I find that this sort of like lack of a folklore and lack of a common history is something that has huge political impact on our lives today. And there is no universal English heritage, yeah. as it were. I mean, that's something that Tolkien tried to create. Tolkien's Middle Earth and his creation of the peoples of middle earth and its history was his way of trying to create this english mythology even in his notes he talks about how he was was trying to create something in his mind that would satisfy his need for mythology because he studied all the norse and the celtic and he longed for an english one because he just felt like there wasn't one present for him to just to love there wasn't one for him to like get into yeah, and I think sorry that, that was a big no 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 <laughs> I, I proper tangent yeah um, sounds that. like you've had a lot of cider what that made sense a lot <laughs> nah no I I agree um, and I think it's a problem that, that characterizes the modern world the lack of meaningful history to draw from Celtic places in the the UK at the moment that they can sort of draw from older stories because they're smaller and because they have that sort of that underdog thing yeah as well and, david and goliath yeah um and i think because they're a david they can sort of go oh well we we can we can draw from a lot more because we're small and whatever. and i think yeah the, the moment you start to extrapolate that to a larger place i think it's easier to do in america but it's, it's not as easy to do weirdly enough in england which is an older place or at least is considered <laughs> older in the continuity of, of its history I think the the reason why giants just aren't like this big uh, thing anymore and why in video games they're depicted is like they're easy to overcome. It's just because we're not scared of them anymore. They're not, they're not like a, uh, a realistic kind of force. They're not, I don't know. We've had so many stories. They're, they're, they're never defeated by brute force. They're always defeated by like, Oh, stab him in the eye. I don't think they work as an, a metaphor or an explanation um, because we're sort of past that time now. So now they've just faded into like, easy opponents obscurity and yeah yeah just like kind of boring really boring opponents in D. they're just big people or and they're, they're not like a, a, an explanation of anybody's history they're not responsible for the building of anything there's no soul to them yeah yeah um like in skyrim they're just these fucking things that just like attack you wildly herd, yeah herd mammoths it's like yeah they're the oldest there's no, there's no quest line regarding oh talk to the there's one where them. you have to take a goat back from him because you sold it to him you can't speak to them. They're just, they just sort of wander about and they're like, they're, it's hinted that they're older than anybody else in Skyrim, but they, they're not given any sort of 
prominence. They're just like they're just this speechless enemy. Something to attack. I mean, the first time you go into Windhelm, Winter White Run, White Run, yes, sorry, not Windhelm, White Run. You you, you you're there. And there's a giant fighting people. That's literally the first thing you get. Yeah, but uh, and it, it's seemingly okay for that to be a thing. Yeah. Um. Fucking uh, the game's so buggy. I I don't really like it, but. I think there's someone says something about um, the empire asking people to leave leave them alone, but some of the stormcloaks they want to like wipe them out or something. But uh, yeah, that's, that's not really a, a fleshed out quest, is it? No, that's in passing thing. Yeah. So one of the few examples where they're not antagonistic or completely villainous or just like a, a random force of nature is in Welsh mythology. Uh, so Bran the Blessed is the the English you know him yes yeah I know, now I know what you're saying I know him well um, <laughs> good mate he is I saw him on the pub the other day so his, I think his name is Bender Gedevran Bender Gedevran Bender Gedevran Bend it like Beckham yeah that's Bend it like Beckham man it's not Jamaican Bender Gedevran but he actually he ruled Britain mythologically yeah, it wasn't a real bloke he, he could never fit inside a house it's a very tragic thing he, he, he could never live anywhere because he couldn't fit there. Oh, that's sad. Um, and uh, so he yeah, didn't fit in. No, he didn't fit in. Was that a pun? What was it? It's just a terrible joke. The story is incredibly complicated, but it has something to do with. Uh, I did have this explained to me earlier. Um, so, the King of Ireland wants the giant's daughter. As you do. And asks for a hand in marriage. So he travels over, and then. The brother of the daughter says, what are you fucking doing? I haven't been asked. So why, why was you? Okay. And so he, he totally flies off the handle and he kills all their horses, or the Irish uh, horses. So then the uh, the Irish lot get really annoyed. As you would do. Right. She, I, I can't remember what happens then, but she. this is a great story. She ends up... Um, <laughs> Edge of my seat. She ends up living in Ireland with the new husband anyway after a bit of a kerfuffle and um then she's like oh fuck dad come and get me he's he's, he's not nice this new fella this is how it's written in like ancient yeah 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 uh so he goes all oh, right yeah and the irish guy oh no, no right so he gives them a right it's fucking terrible fuck so after the horses are killed yes and the kerfuffle yeah he gives them the black cauldron. You know, remember that that film, the Black Cauldron. Yeah, yeah. He gives them. He gives them like the, the fucking cauldron that can resurrect people. But then the Irish are like, mm, that, I don't think that was enough. It's like it's resurrection. What more do you want? You got, there's a few horses. Resurrect the horses. A, a pot that resurrects you. Yeah. Just thinking about putting a horse in the pot, the cauldron now. Yeah. Did you put it in head first or, or like back first? I don't think they cared about the horses. Oh. I think it was more just like a gift. To, uh, in recompense so the big fucker the, the giant of the king of the the devil Al- the brother Albion the, uh, the, the the giant yeah yeah the king so the the, the king of Britain because he's so big he um, uses himself to create a, uh, like a bridge across the Irish Sea so his troops can invade even though he's given them the pot and everything that, still, is, that is fucking huge yeah yeah, yeah huge this, definitely can't fit in. This, yeah, they're still kicking off. Well, this is the thing. The Irish offer him it, the king, the king of Ireland's like, oh well, um, yeah, sorry, you miss, sorry, your daughter's not being treated well. So we can we can uh, reimburse you by making you a house that you can fit in. And he's like, oh, that's, that's I could so find nice. I could finally fit in. Yeah, yeah, but that's um, so kind. that doesn't happen. And <laughs> so like. <laughs> Everyone's, it's horrible. Everyone fights each other. There's only seven people left at the end. And then right. the daughter uh, dies of a broken heart because everyone she knows is dead and it's very depressing. But my point, my point being, he's presented in that story as civilized. He's the king of, uh, king of Britain. Yeah. You know, that's that. And I don't think a giant has ever been depicted as anything other than like a simple shepherd. Cause I think in, in, uh, one of the first Cyclops is just like a, a random shepherd or whatever. Yeah. And that's about as civilized as they get. They're always like fringe. Yeah, well, they're always well, in the wilderness. What I was talking to you on the walk was the the ones in uh, in Wiltshire, which were depicted as farmers mm. and they milked cows. Simple folk. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah the, the, you were saying about the... Um, they made a gorge because he, yeah. dug, he dug the ground, made a gorge that his wife could sit in it while they milked their giant cow. 
then they got enslaved and forced to build houses. Yeah. Enslaved by what? What's bigger than the giant? Just people, because they're easy to trick, aren't they? So they were just oh, yeah. made to do things. Again, how how do we build something so big? Giants. Yeah. That's the thing in Tolkien, actually. You know, Helm's Deep. Yeah. Built by giants. Built by giants. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I think we're done. We're done? You happy with that? Yeah, I'm happy with that. It's good to be back, podcasting, finally. Um, yeah. We're thinking, this is the only time I've ever done any housekeeping. I don't know if anyone listens this far into the episodes. Uh, but we're thinking of doing a Patreon thing or something along those lines. If anyone would be interested. Um, Connor needs money. Sad, everyone needs money. Sad um, for life. Yeah, I was say, everyone needs money. Um, yeah. Uh, if you've got any suggestions for anything you want to hear or see or feel or smell, just um, chuck that in the comments. And yeah, if you'd be interested in having a, a, a fucking t-shirt or a mug or something or, you know. Cause oh God. Yeah. I'd love a mug. You are one. <laughs> or a pint glass. I think it'd be more appropriate than a mug. Yeah, t- a beer glass. Two beers until phrenesis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. You can get a little bit of commission on that. I, f- thank you. Yeah. Uh, what, 2p? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's all it's going to be. <laughs> if if you like this, subscribe, do all that stuff, technology. Cool. See you later. All right, bye. So, you weren't yeah. expecting me to know this much, were you? No, I wasn't. I never do. Oh, drink my drink. Why are you doing that? Well, I don't think they, because they don't, in Greek, in um, so Norse mythology, fuck words, mm. North mythology, are you going to say it to me in Welsh? Thank you. Oh, it's the first time you've been loud in this podcast.